Welcome back to another episode of Summer Snooze. This is season one, episode three. Mac and cheese. Now, you know that saying, you know, it's like get you a man that looks at, you know, looks at looks at him like he looks at blah 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 blah. Well, summer's equivalent would be to get you a girl that looks at you like summer looks at mac and cheese. Summer absolutely loves mac and cheese. And so I thought it'd be fun to dedicate this episode of Summer Snooze to the topic of macaroni and cheese. So let's take it back, shall we? No one really knows where mac and cheese came from. Multiple cultures do have cheesy goodness mixed with carbohydrates. But I guess the most agreed upon slash earliest known recorded recipe was scribbled down in 1769. Always sort of considered a more of an American cuisine, the creamy combo made its way to the United States thanks to one of our very great founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, while in France, absolutely loved the fashionable pasta dishes served there, and he brought back noodle recipes and a pasta machine. As president, Thomas Jefferson served macaroni and cheese at an 1802 state dinner. So we have Thomas Jefferson, the man himself, to thank for mac and cheese. Kraft Foods introduced its boxed macaroni and cheese, I think that we all come to love, in 1937 when America was deep in that Great Depression. The product could serve four people for just 19 cents, and the company would go on to sell over 8 million boxes of quick and easy macaroni and cheese. With rationing in full swing during World War II, the box mix continued to gain in popularity because at the time, as fresh meat and dairy were short in in supply, you could still get along with some craft dinner. Even to this day, Kraft mac and cheese, as we all know, um, and I'm sure Summer knows, is a mainstay or a staple of college cuisine. But recently, chefs have been attempting to sort of up the ante on the mac and cheese. Modern chefs are putting sort of uh, putting innovation to work when it comes to the beloved classic and has made it something that is worthy of fine dining establishments. Sometimes they'll put in brie, figs, rosemary, mushrooms, truffles, or gold flakes, or whatever it takes to kind of get you get people to pay $70 for a little bit of mac and cheese. <laughs> Most restaurants, however, will usually only have one or two options for their mac and cheese dishes. But in places in Washington, D.C., we can also find diners with a fabulous variety to choose from. So... Mac and cheese, in and of itself, is a fun dish with a great history and has always sort of become and has stayed and has remained a truly American staple. So, kind of a short little entrance to this, but um, I really hope you enjoy that little tidbit. Um, I promise that I will make you mac and cheese. We will make several types and try to make 
of patented mac and cheese recipe. I have in this episode a little surprise for you, Summer, and I hope you like it. So after a quick short break, we'll um, I'll be introducing someone very, very special. So today on this episode, we've got a super special guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Uh, this is... Hi, this is Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Hi, it's an honor to be here today. Yeah? Yeah, so okay. honored. I'm glad. Um, it's very difficult to get on this podcast, as you know. So, yes, I was on the waiting here. list for months. Truly, I had a lot of people to filter through, you know. But you know, mm-hmm. Rachel just shown. I was like, got to, got to get her on. Okay, so Rachel, tell That's me about me. yourself. Gee, where do I even start? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm a recent graduate from ASU, the four best years of my life, and I met a lot of really cool people there. That's Um, great. What else? I studied biochemistry, and I'm applying to go to medical school right now, and I partied a lot with this really cool girl named Summer my freshman year, but that's not really relevant to this podcast. Absolutely Um, not. I don't know why you would think that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that summarizes all the important part, all the important parts. Well, that's great. Okay, well, welcome to the show. So, let's get into the first question. So, Rachel, what's your dream? It could be anything. Your like your earliest dream? Have you maybe if you had a dream earlier, or long term goals, or expectations, or anything? You decide. That's a great question. Well, my longest standing goal is definitely to become a doctor. I don't know exactly what kind yet, but I know the population that I want to serve is human trafficking victims. And I think that they can be served through like a variety of specialties, but probably that would be as an OB-GYN emergency medicine um, doctor or, I mean, really anything. Um, So that's my longest standing goal. In terms of actual dreams, I have a lot of weird dreams, um, and usually the same five people are in them every time. It's me, Summer, Sophia, Sparshi, and Bree getting into some crazy shit. Uh, I recently had a dream, well, a few months ago, but I don't know why this one is sticking with me, that the five of us went to Costa Rica, and then hung out with this girl from OFIA who was there. And then Summer's mom had a baby with Dr. Maple, but that baby was born in Costa Rica. So he became Costa Rican and refused to come back to the U S and then Summer spent Christmas in Costa Rica every year after that with her half brother. So, uh, that, that's also another dream of mine. Where is this dream a very vivid dream? Is there something like, like you've you've very vividly saw throughout the duration of the dream, and it was very detailed. 
Oh, yeah. I always have super detailed dreams. And then I wake up and I remember them really well for the rest of the day and then forget them. Huh. Or I, if I write them down, and this one I did, I wrote it down over text message, then I'll remember them for longer. But I'll remember the people who were in my dream and how the dream made me feel for a while, even if I forget the details. Um, so, yeah, those are two. That's probably my biggest goal and my most memorable dream at the moment. Awesome. Did you have you already asked Summer to psychoanalyze your dream? Uh, yes, Summer psychoanalyzes a lot of my dreams. We have a group message where we drop all of our dreams and then they're open for psychoanalysis to any of the psychology majors in the group message, which there are actually three of, I believe. So we get a lot of different input. Um, that's exciting. And then Sparshi and I, the two non-psychology majors, will usually try and jump in there with our psychoanalysis as well. Like one time, Sparshi had a dream that her belly button was her clitoris. Oh my and God. we all agreed that that meant she gets pleasure from filling her stomach. <laughs> well, that's, wow. I bet you're learning stuff. a lot right now. I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much. Okay, let's get to the next question. What do you love about yourself? Hmm. I love that I think I'm a very passionate person. So if I commit to something, I, you know, give it 110% and I'll, you know, I care a lot about it and I make it like a long-term goal. Um, so I don't get involved in things lightly. And I think it's the same way with a lot of my relationships um, mm. as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very passionate and that's one of my favorite qualities about myself I would say and I think that I can usually make a joke out of everything um even if it's just internally you know I can find the humor in everything so that's something else I like that kind of helps me like you know cope with like any situation that I get thrown I think that you know humor is always a great way to deal with stuff which a psychology major might say that uh, humor is a coping mechanism for <laughs> avoiding any kind of like real emotional response. But I say it's healthy. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I read a quote somewhere, right? That like laughter is the best medicine. Exactly. And psychology is kind of like medicine. Oh, yeah. Thusly, <laughs> it, it works. Thusly, I am coping with things right. You're coping things through medicine. Through... I'm going to start a, <laughs> another podcast that kind of like builds off of this episode based on that. Perfect. The psychology of laughing. <laughs> yeah. I'll have my dad, my dad guest star. Oh, yeah. He's I'm not dead inside. I'm coping from. with humor. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. So what has been your best moment this year? Well, I was definitely really excited when I found out about Fulbright in October. Um, Once again, congratulations that kind of felt on that. like I was moving. seeing 
a lot of hard work and perseverance come to fruition. And even though I didn't end up um, follow going through with accepting the award, it was still pretty exciting and rewarding to get it. Yeah. Um, graduation was another really good moment. And that was fun to be surrounded by a lot of my closest friends who I'd spent the last four years with. Um, and then going to mill after graduation was really fun. <laughs> um, let's see. And then I did a lot of traveling this summer. Uh, the one that jumps out at me the most, or the two times that jump out at me the most is uh, going to Yosemite with Jack. That oh. was a really great trip. And we got to camp for $6 a night. And we drove through the night from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. Left from summer's grad party and drove overnight and then arrived at like 4, 4.30 a.m. And then going to Flagstaff for Summer's mom's wedding in May was also really fun because Sparshi and I got wasted on a variety of mixed drinks that we'd never tried before since there was an open bar. Um, <laughs> also, it's higher elevation. Who would have thought? But that contributes to how easily you get drunk. Um, well, noted. <laughs> yeah, that. keep that in mind if you ever go to a higher elevation. Well, well, knowing um, how light think. I am, that, that's very helpful information. Yes. You might have saved my life. Yes, it will. You're welcome. <laughs> That'll be $50 for the medical advice. Honestly, that's pretty good, considering this healthcare market. <laughs> pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think. What are some of my... That, that, those are probably the big ones. Okay. Those are some, those are some great moments. All right, so... What is the last lie you told or the worst lie you've ever told? Hmm. Hmm. I can't think of the last lie I ever told. Um, I don't know what the worst lie would be. I would say the last lie I ever told was probably to my parents. I don't really lie to them. I just omit a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, hmm. I guess I... I kind of, well, it's not really lies like that much, but when I finished training with my scribe job, you know, they're like, do you feel ready to start by yourself? And they told me that they thought I was ready. So my answer was, yes, I feel ready, even though I didn't really feel ready. So that was probably the most recent lie I told, which is like a super uninteresting answer, but that's fine. Yeah. You just you just basically said you're ready to, you know, work with patients even though you felt completely unprepared. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really shouldn't have let me in the room, but here I am. Well, you're doing a good job, I'm sure. Okay. So this kind of, so that concludes that part of the interview. Now we're going to go to something a bit more fun. So, Rachel. That's me. Would would you rather get diarrhea every time you laugh or throw up every time someone says your name? 
Well, I laugh a lot, which I realized after I had surgery on my lip a few months ago. And so I had 12 stitches and I couldn't laugh. I wasn't supposed to move for like my lip at all for like a week. And I didn't realize how frequently I laughed until that happened. And especially with Jack, like when we're together, I'm laughing like 80% of the time. So I think that I would do the vomiting option with the name and then just tell people that my name is something else. And then I would respond to, I would learn to respond to whatever that other name is, but they're technically not saying my name because they're not saying Rachel. That's putting a lot of power in the hands of specific individuals, you know, like could be at risk, you know, a lot of trust. Yeah, but I'm very unable to control my laughter. Like if someone else makes me laugh, I don't do a good job at stopping it. So the power is in the other individual's hand with either option. So, so let's say, you know, you, you get an interview for a medical school, right? You go to the medical school dean, right? Shake hands like, hello, Rachel. Nice to meet you. What do you do? I would vomit into a <laughs> trash can that I have, you know, brought with me because I'm prepared and then rebound really quickly and say, even though I'm very ill right now i still came to this interview because that's how much it means to me and look at how well i rallied this wow. would make me a great doctor that's that's amazing i'm clapping wow great answer standing ovation good job oh, yeah. Rachel. okay would you rather smell like poop and not know it or constantly smell poop that no one else can smell probably constantly smell poop that no one else can smell because I always have a deep-seated fear that of, of being unliked, you know? And oh. I think that if I smelled like poo, then people would dislike me more than I already fear they do. You feel? That's, 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 very, that's very fair. So I would suffer for myself to take the pain away from others because I'm that selfless. Wow. Truly a saint. I know. The second coming, some might say. Okay, let's let's try one last one. Would you rather watch your parents have sex every day for the rest of your life or join in once and stop it? God, stop that's it. an awful question. <laughs> well, trick question. My parents don't have sex. Um... Well, this is you're already <laughs> this is already an imaginary scenario. Yes. <laughs> um God. That's a bold I mean, statement. You're just, you're that confident that your parents don't have sex? That's what I tell myself as a oh. coping mechanism. Um, I mean, if I'm really confident that they don't have sex, then I feel like the watching them every time wouldn't be that bad because maybe it only happens like once or twice. No, 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 no. The question said every day. Oh. <laughs> For the rest of your life. God. Okay, probably join in once then. Oh, damn. Okay. Oof. Interesting, interesting answer. What would you say? Well, um, I, I'm definitely not joining. I, I don't think I could do it. Um, but you could watch every day. I, I guess, because like maybe like it's you know just a few minutes maybe you know like and then <laughs> come out of it. Just a few minutes. 
would you be willing to would you would you be interested to know like what percentage of the population chose your answer on that one yeah that would be an interesting statistic 34 percent hmm 66 percent think that they would just watch their parents have sex every day where did you find this that's a secret (laughs) (laughs) um okay great so to to conclude the segment we'll do another last few questions um so these ones have to do with summer um who's that is oh um it's i i I don't don't know is that are you referring to the season i think so i'm i'm i think this i think we bumped into her though at like the that divine i know we were supposed to be hanging out and then like summer kind of showed up god i hate when people do that yeah actually though but, but at least you took that photo of us that's really nice yeah so what is your happiest memory of summer or fondest or yeah happiest fondest memory well, of summer or of this one summer? time i think it was during like less than a month before i took the mcat it was sometime while i was studying for the mcat and the hot water went out at vista and that was um the worst thing that had ever happened to anybody and she picked me up and then took me back to her place and let me shower at her house and then drove me back after because i didn't have a car either Aww. and when i think of summer a lot of times i think of that memory and i also think of a period we went through junior year where we went to the gym together like two to three times a week but then immediately after we would always get we would split dominoes and the cinnamon <laughs> bite thingies but summer's lactose intolerant so then within like 20 to 30 minutes after we started eating she would usually leave and be like time to go back to my house and have diarrhea (laughs) rachel i i heard something about this story should i share it with you i think you should i heard that you don't like your pizzas with sauce i like them with light sauce and that's because marinara sauce in large quantities can be spicy but also spicy when i lived at home i was used to eating pizza with no sauce at all because one of my sisters is allergic to tomatoes so we would always just order pizza with no sauce wow there is that's a very wholesome thing to do i am a wholesome person like like mm. i said selfless the second coming so so would you ever get extra sauce if Summer asks for extra sauce. Sorry, there's so many, there's dogs barking all of a sudden. No, but I would compromise to get a normal amount of sauce. Because if she wanted extra sauce and I wanted light sauce, I feel like the only appropriate decision to come to is normal sauce. Hmm. Okay. Extra sauce would just be too much. No one needs that. I Even if they really think they that do. that you guys compromise. That you're willing to compromise. I'm willing to compromise. Now, do you think Summer would compromise? I'm pretty sure that we did order light sauce a time or two. Probably the closer it got to the MCAT, the more willing Summer was to compromise with me. Hmm. Wait, if so I you're, had to say, guess. you're saying that you're more willing to compromise than Summer? No, it's probably pretty even or the other way around. Okay. Because I think that while we were going through this phase was like while I was preparing for the MCAT and so I was just like a like I need my light sauce kind Mm. of mood 
Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. Now, what is the most embarrassing thing, or not embarrassing thing, most embarrassing memory that you have with summer or of summer or in, in general, I guess, relating hmm. to summer? And I'll just combine the two well, questions. I also have a follow-up question, which was wildest memory. So if you got something that's embarrassing and wild or stuff like that. One time, right after we got our cartilage piercings together, she jumped off the roof into the, Maybe it wasn't off the roof. I can't remember. But she jumped into the pool at a rugby party with, like, in, like, a skirt and a bra. But she had forgotten that we just got our cartilage pierced. And we weren't uh -oh. supposed to go swimming for, like, six weeks. And then she was uh -oh. worried about it getting infected. And I was like, dumb, dumb. <laughs> um, so that, that sticks out at me. Or when she accepted alcohol from a stranger in Taco Bell because he said he was Catholic. Um, wow. Hmm. We, we also just embarrassed ourselves a lot in OFIA. Like, we were incredibly obnoxious. And everyone probably hated us. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, you don't understand. <laughs> Um, we, like, we all, we showed up matching one time to a photo shoot, and other people weren't matching. It was obnoxious. That's, that's um, Taco Taco. I'm trying to think. One time, oh, summer, uh, <laughs> um, Halloween, uh, sophomore year, she lost her ID, I think, and then we left a party early, and we went back to her place in Vista, and Chance came over to help us get into the building because he was a CA and he had access and she didn't have her ID and I lived in a different building. So I texted him to let us into the building. And mm -hmm. so then he came up and me and Chance and Summer were just like talking and chilling. And then she just rolled over and threw up like in the, in, in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> Dang. Very cool. Well, not for summer. That's true. That that's not a very good thing to to throw out. Okay. Well, Rachel, that concludes this interview. Once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're a very busy woman. So busy. Uh, do you have any maybe like a like a closing thing to say to summer before we uh, mm -hmm. sign off? I guess I would just want to say that if I ever met this summer person, she's probably pretty cool, and I would probably grow very fond of her, and she would probably become one of the most important people in my life, and... I would probably be really proud of her if she went to law school or just for being who she is. And I'd probably be really happy for her that she ended up with such a great guy who she cares, who I know she cares for so much. And 
I would tell her that I love her. If I ever met her, because I still don't know who we're talking about. Oh, well, I sure hope you meet her someday soon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thanks, Rachel. You are welcome. I I bill by the minute, by the way. Oh, my God. I'm not going to be able to afford this. Is it $50 a minute, too? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll give you the friends and family discount, $49.99. Okay, well, when when Summer gets finishes law school and she gets a firm job, I'll just uh, send her the bill. <laughs> that okay. sounds like a good plan. <laughs> awesome. Okay, All right. so that was the show. So um, thank you so much again, Rachel, for doing this. This was really awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, well, have a good night, Rachel. You as well. Talk Yay. to you later. Bye. Bye.